welcome back to solo episodes. I'm so excited to be doing these again because I feel like when I don't do them, I don't get like a chance to catch up with you guys, let you know what's going on in my life. And if any of you ever have tried to put your life out there even somewhat on Instagram, you know how hard it is. Like I work in another job full-time, so I essentially have, well, really I have three full-time jobs. So I have Honest as a Mother, my baby, my business, and then I have another full-time job that I work like a nine to five. And then I'm a mom. So that's actually like one and a half, right? So really, what do I have? Three and a half full-time jobs. And there's just some days I just don't have the capacity to jump online, even if it's just to put an Instagram story up. When it doesn't feel like I have something to say or I want to share something, like I don't want to do it. I don't want to like jump online just for the sake of jumping online. So I love being able to do these solo episodes because it gives me a chance to just like talk about what's going on in my world in a more intimate setting and you guys can really get like the whole conversation and not so much just like, you know, a 30 second or one minute Instagram story. So I don't even know where to start. I've written down so many things, but I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about in this episode, because there was so many questions sent to me about this is why I decided to go off my antidepressant and someone wanted me to talk about my withdrawal symptoms, what they were, how I weaned, did I wean, all of the details. So let's just start there. So this summer I had a lot of time to self-reflect and for the last six, nine months-ish, I have been feeling really good. I am very self-aware. I'm very aware of when I'm having good days and bad days. I mark down when I have bad days. And my bad days became so far apart from one another. Like I just felt like this is a normal human experience. This isn't depression anymore. I'm just having a bad day because I'm having a bad day. And then I would use the tools in my toolkit and move on with my life. And So I felt like I was in a really great place. So I also thought to myself, I wanted to lose weight and I have been finding it so incredibly hard to lose weight no matter what I've done. Like I have done exercising. I did like not eating carbohydrates, like every unhealthy thing you can think of, not to the very, you know, concerning extent of unhealthy, but Any unhealthy thing you can think of, like I have tried it and I was not budging on my weight. So I went to the doctor, I brought up this concern to her and she explained to me that the citalopram definitely causes weight gain. So we got on the scale, I realized how much weight I had gained in just about a year and a half of being on the pills and I decided, you know what, I have been feeling really good. I really want to make a choice to prioritize my physical health now that I feel like my mental health is at such a great spot. I really want to talk about going off my meds because I really want to lose some weight. I want to feel good in my skin. I want to be healthy and strong and all of these things. And she didn't disagree. So 
We talked about it. She gave me the weaning schedule and that's exactly what I did. So I weaned from one 20 milligram tablet to half a tablet every day and then half a tablet every other day and then nothing. And during the weaning process, I was totally fine. I had no withdrawal symptoms. I felt great. I thought like, wow, I'm in the clear. But then the first week being off medication, I started to feel these like weird sensations in my head that I now know to be called brain zaps. But the way I would like to explain it to you, and I think everybody experiences it differently, but what I was experiencing was like this weird dizziness but didn't feel like traditional dizziness. Like people would say to me, okay, so do you have like vertigo? Do you think you have vertigo? But it was not like that. It was very, very different. It felt like, okay, so one example I had was when I would be walking, if I went like, you know, around a corner, I kind of felt like I was going to like fall over. But like, not when I'm sitting there, I wasn't spinning. I just felt like insanely off balance. And then at nighttime, when I would lay in bed, I would experience literal zapping in the back of my head. And I was trying to explain it to my husband. And I was like, it is like I can feel like my neurons firing. It is so weird. And it actually would like jolt me. Like it bothered me to that extent. So I got down a TikTok rabbit hole and I started searching like citalopram withdrawal symptoms Sure enough, there was someone who literally did a TikTok. I'm going to post the TikTok so you guys have it, so you can see what I'm talking about. I did post it once already, but just so you can see what I'm talking about. And someone experienced like the way she fell off balance and she did such a great way of like describing it and the way she moved her body. And then this psychiatrist stitched it and started talking about brain zaps And she explained what they are, what they feel like. And I was like, holy shit, this is what it is. So I saved it to my phone, brought it to my physician and had that confirmed. The other thing that I experienced was nausea, like insane nausea, like first trimester pregnant nausea. I didn't drink coffee for three weeks. If anyone who knows me, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm a coffee Psycho. I love coffee. Coffee's my favorite thing. I didn't drink it for three fucking weeks because I was so nauseous. The one night I actually puked. I got a fever. I got the chills. I thought I had the stomach flu or sunstroke because that day I was actually in the pool with my friends. And turns out all of those things are symptoms of withdrawal. So I'm not saying it wasn't the sun. But I'm also not sold that it didn't also, um, it wasn't like a mix of both. So that was really hard, really, really hard. But it took about three weeks. So my two weeks of weaning and then three weeks after, so say five weeks total, for me to feel like myself again. And since coming off of them, I feel like myself. I feel good. There are things here and there that I notice that, you know, come up a lot quicker. I'm a little bit more reactive than I used to be. So I kind of have to just keep myself in check. 
But I'm also really proud of myself because I feel like my self-awareness is so high and all of the tools in my toolkit are so helpful that I have been able to kind of get myself through it. I'm still going to therapy. I still see my therapist once a month. We still talk through all of these things. I don't think that those pieces of me will ever be truly gone, but I think for the time being, they are healed. And I think that the medication was there when I needed it. It supported me through what I needed it to support me through. And now I feel like I am at a better space in my life that I can try and do this on my own. And I'm really excited about that. Something else that has also happened since the last time we had a chat was also kind of like overlaps my idea of going off of medication is I was diagnosed with ADHD. And when this happened, my doctor was also curious to see if my ADHD symptoms would be worse, the same, better um, when I came off the medication. Turns out they're just the same. To make a long story short, how this all came to be is number one, because of social media. So I started seeing a lot of women, particularly mothers, talking about ADHD and motherhood, what it looks like for them. And it kind of raised a little bit of a red flag for me. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because that sounds a whole lot like myself. This has gone on for probably like a year now. Then recently, we've had a lot of struggles here in our home with one of our children. And in a conversation with a child psychologist, the term ADHD came up as a potential diagnosis along with other things. However, she was explaining to me that the anxiety coming from a child, generally speaking, isn't coming just from anxiety. It generally stems from somewhere deeper. And so in our case, I realize this is not everyone's case, but in our case, the suggestion to dig deeper was there because they were explaining that if we treat the anxiety, if you go to therapy for anxiety, you're kind of band-aiding the bigger problem. The bigger problem is causing the anxiety. So if we can figure out what the bigger problem is, we can conquer the anxiety appropriately. And so when they were talking about ADHD, they went down a list of different things. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is me. The child I'm speaking about particularly is like me. So this child triggers me like no other because they're me. When I watch them live their day to day, they are me as a child. And it is like mind blowing to see. Sometimes breaks my heart a little bit because of the levels of anxiety, but also made me reflect and go like, I was also super anxious. Like I always had those kinds of thoughts. I always worried about those things while other kids did not. And so made me kind of dig a little deeper. Other things that I learned about were time blindness, procrastination, as well as being forgetful. So if you know me 
in my personal life, I procrastinate everything. I forget everything. Literally everything. You know how there's people that say, you would forget your head if it wasn't attached. That is literally me. I will place things on countertops. I will put sticky notes, reminders in my phone. I literally will put a bag on the doorknob of the front door. And so I'll say to myself, okay, I won't forget if it's here. I will turn that doorknob, walk out without it. It never fails. And I'm embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed by how badly I procrastinate. I always have been. And I'm embarrassed about what a forgetful hot mess I am. And for most of my life, I've kind of always labeled myself as a mess. I'm unorganized. I'm forgetful. I procrastinate. I don't get things done on time. Um, And with my business, you know, that had to change. And so it really became apparent to me that these are things that I really struggle with. Time blindness was another big one. Something that my husband and I argue about all the time is that I have no concept of time. I will overbook us because I think things will take one hour, but I can't account into the time that it takes to drive there and drive back. I have no intention of anything, like when we're trying to get ready and get out the door, like time doesn't exist to me sometimes. And again, I've always just thought those were pieces of my personality that were just annoying. And it turns out they're not. A big aha moment for me too was when this was months ago, but it sticks out in my brain so often. And I said this to the psychiatrist where I, Chris and I did like a big Costco haul and I really wanted to clean the fridge because it was disgusting, right? Like our fridges just get disgusting. And so I took everything out. I cleaned the fridge. But then while I was taking out the things from the fridge, I was, you know, throwing things in the garbage, taking containers out and throwing out the leftovers and putting them in the sink. And then I started like washing dishes, but I still had stuff on the island because I hadn't put it away in the fridge yet. And then as that happened, I started doing something else. And then I was so overwhelmed by the amount of dishes that were now being done. Shit that was on the island that needed to go in the fridge. Um, you know, cutting up strawberries and putting them in their fucking containers and the whole nine yards. I was so overwhelmed by it that I just needed to go sit down. And I noticed like that is something that reoccurs all the time in my life that I get so overwhelmed by mess but I'm the one who's creating the mess because I cannot stick to one task at a time. So I'm learning. This has been huge. I'm learning how to better organize myself, how to do one task at a time. My psychiatrist gave me this really great piece of advice. And I want you, if anyone is feeling like this resonates with them, she told me, follow the task, not the mood. So that was huge. She told me she wanted me to come up with five things a day that I needed to complete Those were the five things that I stick to. I do not follow my moods. I follow the task. Get the things done. Even if she said, even if it's as simple as take the kids to school, go work your shift, make dinner and whatever else. So there's no shame spiral when I don't get something done. Because the reason I didn't get something done is because I did 45 things in between the two big things that needed to be done that day. So stay tuned. 
I'm going to let you know if my burnout is less, my anxiety is less. I'm really interested in all of it. Something else I wanted to talk to you guys about was my Instagram name change. I've also had a ton of people reach out to me regarding that. Like, am I no longer going to be doing the podcast and mom stuff? And no, that's not true. Um, I still identify as the host of the Honest as a Mother podcast. I just wanted to pivot a little bit because motherhood, although is a huge piece of what I do and who I am, it's not just who I am. I am no longer in the trenches of postpartum and toddlers and babies and diapers. I am now moving into a period of my life where I'm trying to find who I am as Amanda outside of mom, outside of wife, outside of all of these things. I'm trying to find what lights me up, what makes me happy, what, you know, just what I want out of my life. Because through learning about who I am and everything else, I've also realized that I don't know a lot about myself. I'm a recovering people pleaser who did all of the things that she's done in her life to please someone else and not herself. So I am a huge work in progress, but I feel like this just feels better to me. And because of this and because of everything that I've learned, I also launched a coaching program and I'm coaching three individual women to help them do the same thing. And it is magical. It's magical for me to validate that I have come so far and that it is okay to want something outside of motherhood. And then it's also magical to watch these three women work through their stuff and find something that lights them up. So that is like something so huge and so exciting. Um, We've got Honest as a Mother book two launching September 22nd. I'm speaking at the Toronto Baby Show on September 30th and October 1st. And yeah, I just feel like so much is shifting. We're getting back to school. We're getting into routine. Also finding new challenges with the new routine or with school in general, as I'm sure many of you can relate. Um, the kids have had a fairly seamless transition thus far, uh, just like little bumps in the road here and there, but we're working through it. We are on two opposite sides of the school this year. So that's been like something to navigate this week. This has been, this last week has been like our first week of school. So I'm now having to like drop Connor off at his line on one side of the school and then go stand with Scarlett on the other side because she's still little and she's still in kindergarten. And so that's been really big. Like Connor has really shown me like how mature he's getting, how grown up he's getting and all all that's cool. It's making me feel all the feels. So back to school feels like the new new year. Does it feel like that to any of you? Like I feel like when we go back to school, We do a lot of reflection, we're getting into a new routine, we're starting new habits, doing all the things like we would generally do in January. And yeah, it's just, I'm in a really good place and I'm really happy about where we are as a family unit, 
personally and all of the things. So yeah, this is a really good life update. It's a lot. I feel like I have so many more things that I want to talk to you guys about, but I'm not, I'm not going to blab on any longer. Um, watch out for the links to order Honest as a Mother book two. It's so incredible. Truly, like this book is powerful. I don't know how else to describe it other than powerful. So watch for the links to that. Um, and my DMs are always open. So if anybody wants to chat about coming off antidepressants or ADHD or anything, I'm, I'm always here. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and I can't wait to continue catching up with you and I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.